Welcome to the Georgetown Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where we share sermons from our most recent worship services. To learn more about GBC, please visit us online at georgetownbaptist.org. First today is John 10, 1 through 10. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The uh, one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by uh, name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep uh, follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, uh, they will run away from from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So I had something happen actually out in real life, something I had talked about and read about and uh, even preached on, but I had never actually encountered it in real life. And so... uh, I didn't even realize it was happening in the moment. See, a few weeks ago, we were shopping um, with our family out in Lexington, and as we were walking into this sort of shopping complex, uh, the kids did this sort of, they were like, oh, 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 that's bad, oh. And they were, what are you, what are you doing? They said, stop, listen. And so we stopped. And I heard what sounded like, uh, I don't know what your experience has been, but um, my experience is with very cheap ceiling fans. And you know the motor on a very cheap ceiling fan kind of gives off this little high-pitched hum that when there's no other sound going on, you can kind of hear it. Well, it sounded like that to me, but it sounded a lot worse to the kids. And uh, all of a sudden, I realized what it was. And I don't know if you're familiar with this. Have you all heard of mosquito tones? Have you heard of these? So what this is, is uh, these are sounds that are so, the frequency is pitched so high that um, depending on which one it is, um, and depending on how good your ears are, you're not, you're either uh, are able to hear it and able to hear it very sharply, or you might not be able to hear it at all. So I'm going to play for you either four instances of complete silence or some version of sound that will be um, definitely, definitely noticeable. Okay, so um, Terry, you ready with the first one? Okay, go ahead. Oh, there we go. All right, so if you're, if you're wondering what everybody else is responding to, um, the, that sound is, um, and, and this is sort of uh, loose, but that sound is supposed to be something that if you're around 60 or so or younger, you can hear. All right, 
<laughs> Somebody went sweet. All right, that's good. All right, ready with number two. Here we go. You got that one? Okay. That, congratulations, your ears are about 45 to 50, and if you can hear that. So that's not too bad. All right, you ready for number three? Go for it. And some of you are saying, Terry, why aren't you playing number three? Terry's saying the same thing. <laughs> but I saw others of you go, oh. All right. Now number four. Anybody hear that? Oh, mercy. I see that hand. Yeah. Uh, it took me, as I was downloading them this morning to send them to Terry, it took me an embarrassingly long amount of time because I heard the first one and the second one, and when I played the third one, it didn't play, and I played it again, and then I played it a third time, and my first thought was, oh, that's weird, this one's broken. And then I went, oh. <laughs> and then I played the fourth one and felt even more sad. And so, um, <laughs> anyway... These are used for a couple of different things that are both genius. The first thing they're used for is some uh, shopping complexes play the ones that only kids can hear so that they don't stick around and loiter as ne'er-do-wells. And uh, all of the older people don't hear anything and just keep, keep on going along, which it's kind of evil, evil uh, genius kind of thing, but also... There, at least there were, who knows what you all do now, but at some point, um, some kids were using these as ringtones because adults couldn't hear them. So, uh, which is also kind of evil genius kind of going back the other way. And I could have just said to you, uh, you know, there, there are these sounds and sometimes you hear them or not, but one, I wanted you to feel as old as I felt, but also two, um, there is something really, uh, th there's something that can't be described or experienced other than you not hearing anything and you look around and somebody going, oh, what is that? There is this feeling in you of like, what, what am I missing? What is going on? What is happening here? And I, I just find it interesting that sense of all of these sounds that are sort of going around and we at times may be completely oblivious to what's going on and yet for somebody else it is as clear as it could possibly be. So we're starting a new series, a new sermon series, because we are now in the season of Lent. Now in the church year, the season of Lent is a season where you are preparing yourself for Easter. Now, traditionally, what Christians have done is um, they have removed something. Either they have fasted or, you know, gone without, uh, you know, social media or so, something where they have removed something in their life. And the idea behind that is by removing this thing, I'm making more space for me to pay attention to God. It also works and can work that instead of removing something, you create and do an intentional thing. You add something to your life that is an intentional practice that helps you in your life. But whichever you choose, whichever idea you go with, the whole point is that you are preparing yourself, you're preparing your life so that when we get to Easter, it is not simply just one day that we go, oh, great, okay, we're done. What are we eating for lunch? What's happening now? But that Easter really can be 
a celebration. Think about some sort of big celebration that you've experienced, whether it's you know, a wedding or a big birthday or graduation or some sort of thing that took a lot of planning, a lot of effort, a lot of time. When that day comes, you want to be able to celebrate as fully as you possibly can. And that's what Lent does, getting us ready for Easter. So as I was thinking about that, as we were sort of mapping this series out, what I decided that would be maybe most helpful is to get ready for Easter, is to get ready for Jesus' resurrection. And to get ready for that, it would be helpful for us to hear from Jesus, what is he doing and why is he coming and living and dying and rising again? And so the series we're calling I Am, because there are a series of statements where Jesus reveals to us what Jesus wants us to know about who he is, why he came, and what he did and continues to do for us. So uh, today we are in the first part of that series, and um, Doug did a really good job of reading John 10, but I want to set the frame a little bit of what this scripture is, because this, we parachute down into the very first verse of John 10, uh, partly because I love it when deacons read, and if I give them all that I'd want them to read, they may not read, because what, what I could have said to Doug was, hey Doug, are you good reading all of chapter 9 and then getting us into chapter 10? He may not have signed up for that. So all of chapter 9 of John 9 is Jesus having this argument with the Pharisees and his, his disciples sort of caught in the middle because there's this thought. When something bad has happened in your life, the natural question is, whose fault is it? So this guy was born blind. And the disciples are asking, uh, Jesus, is this guy the problem or was it his parents, right? Right? Blame the parents. Is it the parents who sinned? And Jesus said, neither. That's not what's going on here. Well, the Pharisees jumped in and they're arguing about this and it's a, it's a whole thing. But it gets to the end. Jesus heals the guy and it gets to the end where Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, you know who's really blind? You all are the ones who's really blind. And let me tell you, religious leaders love nothing more than when you insult them in public. So they really endeared to him from this. And he wasn't done though, because from this insult, he then transitioned into John 10. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. In the city, when you would keep your sheep, uh, you would have this big sort of pasture area, and there would be several flocks of sheep belonging to several different shepherds all in that same pasture. So when you walked in as the shepherd to the pasture, you had to somehow get your flock to you. And one of the things that would happen is the sheep would be listening, but they would only be listening for the right shepherd. So when they heard the right shepherd, they would know to come running. No matter what else they heard, no matter what else anybody else said, no matter what else anybody enticed them with, they waited until they heard the right shepherd. And once they heard the right shepherd, that's when they came running. 
You know, you think about those mosquito tones, and I don't, I don't think our problem, I'm going to speak for you, I hope that's okay, I don't think our problem collectively as we seek to follow God is necessarily that we are completely and totally oblivious to God's call. I think if you are a follower of Jesus, I think you would say, yeah, I think God wants me to live according to what he would have me to do. I think that is what God wants. And I, I think God cares about what I do here today. I think God cares about what I do tomorrow. But I think for us, we are hit with this wall of sound everywhere we go. Even if your house is like that movie, The Quiet Place, where you don't say a single noise, even if you are in the car and you never play the radio or allow any talking at all, you're going to go to Kroger and you're going to go to Walmart and you're going to go out to eat at a restaurant and the volume in there is going to be loud. And the sound, the, the background volume is loud, so what does everybody do so that they can hear each other? They start speaking louder. Well, if the table next to me is speaking louder to get over the background sound, what do I have to do? And suddenly we're playing this game where we are yelling at each other over cheese sticks to try and hear how your day went, right? You are going to be hit by noise of all kinds. And the question is, If Jesus' voice is in that noise of our everyday lives, whether it's literal noise or just the bandwidth that you have and the attention you have, how are you going to hear him? One of my favorite books that I ever read is a book called, um, and I always get the name of it wrong, so I have to make sure that I look at it, Listening to a Continent Sing. So this is a book that was written by a professor who spent his entire life studying bird calls. I know, I know, imagine. His entire life studying bird calls. Um, and as he was getting ready to retire, he felt guilty that he was not as close to his adult son as he wanted to. So he, his adult son loved to cycle. And so this professor uh, proposed an idea. What if he and his adult son went on a cycling trip that started on the coast of Virginia and went all the way across the United States? The son would bring a recorder, a tape recorder, and the dad would be able to have an opportunity to explain in each place where they stopped what the bird sounds were and what was going on. So they would go to a place and the dad almost every time would go, whoa, 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 turn the recorder on, turn the recorder on. And you would hear sort of an aside, you'd read an aside a little bit later from the sun going, it didn't sound any different than what we had done 20 times before. But I hit the recorder because he seemed really excited about it. I don't know what's going on with it. And the dad would spend time explaining, oh, this is the blah, 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 blah. This is the blue-footed whatever. And they would do this and listen to it go dee, 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 instead of dee, 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 dee. You know that there's a big difference there. And he would go on and on and on. And the son said, at first, I just sort of rolled my eyes internally at him. Like, what? What are you talking about? But he said, the longer that I listened to him talk, the more I realized he isn't hearing the same thing I'm hearing. Because when the sun walked out, he, he could hear the birds, but it didn't mean anything to him. He knew that there were birds chirping, but that was the end of it. But the dad understood what the call meant, and the dad was able to explain it. So I started this book while we were on vacation, and we were at Smith Mountain Lake in Virginia. 
And uh, I was sitting outside on the deck of this, uh, so this little lake house that, that we would go to. And uh, the cool thing about this book is that in the margins of the book were QR codes. And if you took your phone, when he was talking about the, you know, yellow-breasted blah, 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 uh, there would be a little QR code. And if you scanned it, you could hear the recording that the son made of that bird. So every, there were, there were, you know, like dozens of these throughout the book, and you could hear each of the recordings. And as I was sitting there, I was doing this because I thought this was wild. And then I did it, and I listened to it, and the recording stopped. And then I realized I heard it again. And I checked my phone, and my phone wasn't on. And then I heard it again. And big dummy me realized that a chapter and a half into his trip across the United States that started in the coast of Virginia, he had gotten to the mountains of Virginia and I was sitting at Smith Mountain Lake and the birds he was talking about were the exact things that I was hearing. Ten minutes before, it wouldn't have made any difference to me. But right there, in that moment, at that place, I had somebody who could translate, somebody who could point it out, somebody who could help me understand, look, this isn't just noise. This is something that's happening. This is a, this is a story that this bird is giving. And when you understand that, you hear things completely differently. So if the, if the situation isn't like the mosquito tones that we're just completely oblivious, if the situation is more that we need to navigate and figure out how do we pick out the voice of Jesus among all of these voices, then maybe what we need is an interpreter. Just like the dad was for the son, maybe what we need is an interpreter so that when the wall of noise hits us, we can go, wait, 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 that, that's God right there. So what could be that for us? Well, obviously, Scripture. We talked last week about we start with Scripture. We talk about Scripture. But I also think there is something so powerful about wise people in our world. I hope and pray that God has had you cross paths with somebody who is much, not just smarter. Smarter is like better on a test. Wiser is better in life, right? People who are making better life choices, and you don't have to finish eighth grade to be wiser, right, than somebody who's got a PhD. I hope you have encountered somebody who is wise in your life, and I hope you have asked them every possible thing you can. Here's a way to tell if somebody is wise. When you say, hey, I really appreciate you. I, you know, Carrie, I think you're very wise. Carrie, if Carrie goes, it's about time somebody recognized how wise I am, then you need to run away from that. But if Carrie goes, whoa, 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 don't you dare use that word with me. I know what that word means, and I know who I am, and that's not okay. That's a signal that somebody may actually be wise. Because wisdom, the first thing wisdom understands is there's so much more that I don't know. But this person or scripture, or the disciplines, all the things that we do, our collective work together, can help us interpret so that when the noise hits us, we can go, nope, 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 that right there, that's God, that's what I need to hold on to. Because the beautiful thing about this passage is that Jesus is presenting a picture, an invitation of what life looks like with him. So if you look at verse 7, therefore Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate 
for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, which again, the Pharisees just loved that. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus is offering the way of salvation. Jesus is offering eternal life. Jesus is offering so much more if we hear him and follow. He will come in and go out and find pasture. And then verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So here's the difference between those who uh, want to stand up and say, look, I'm the leader, you follow me. Every other one other than Jesus is looking out for their own kingdom, their own agenda, their own good. They will use you for whatever they can get out of you. And then when you are no longer worthwhile to them, they will abandon you. That's just how it works. That's what thieves and robbers do is they are using you for the stuff you have, and when you no longer have what they need, they no longer need you. But Jesus, the one who created all life and who created everything, has invited you into a different way, has invited you to hear his voice, and invited you into the pasture where you will find peace, where you will find hope, where you will find joy, where you will be as full of life as you possibly can. And what on earth is the point of us being here if we aren't seeking the fullest, best, richest life possible. I want Jesus to tell me what that is because I'm not smart enough and I don't trust other people to tell me. I want Jesus to lead me into that life. I want Jesus to be the one who I listen to and follow. I want Jesus to be the gate that I go through because I trust him to lead me to safe pastures. Jesus is the one who invites you. He is the one who invites you in the midst of all the noise to pick out his voice and to run to him. He is safety. He is salvation. He is life. And from him, we find the fullness and richness and depth that life has for us. We don't have to settle for mess. Just because other people are choosing to settle for mess, just because other people think that life has no point or no purpose or no hope, doesn't mean that we have to decide that too. Jesus has invited us into something new, something better, something more, something richer, and something fuller, and that is the invitation, to listen to his voice, to put the others aside, and to follow him. Why? Because Jesus is the gate. And when we hear him, we know what safety and home looks like. I don't know if you grew up with this experience, but my favorite story of this is, um, you know, back a million years ago when I was little and we could go outside and play all the time. And then, you know, how did you know it was time to come in? Well, traditionally it was when, what, like the, the street lights came on, right? Well, for, for my wife, Sarah, it wasn't the street lights coming on. She and her brother, Jonathan, knew that it was time to come in when they heard their dad's whistle because their dad had a very specific whistle. And apparently you did want to be about four houses away when he did the whistle, um, because it was the same volume whether you were standing right next to him or 300 yards that way. And when they heard the whistle, 
that was unlike any other whistle. Somebody after the first service said, well, what was the whistle like? It's like, I can't do it. What are you talking about? I don't, he's done it before. And I was like, that's neat, cool. You know, but it was unlike anybody else's whistle. And when they heard that, they knew they belonged to him. They knew he was calling them to come home and they knew it was time to come running. Not because they were going to get in trouble, but because the warmth and the embrace that was going to be waiting for them when they got there is what they wanted more than anything. I think Jesus is inviting us to that same experience where we hear and understand the invitation and where we come running not so that we stay out of trouble and not so that bad stuff doesn't happen, but so that we can experience the love and the richness and the goodness that God has for us. Why? Because Jesus is the gate and he is inviting us into something unbelievable. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for who you are and for what you do. We thank you for your salvation and we thank you for all that Jesus invites us into. And we pray, God, that you will guide our hearts, that you will guide our thoughts, that you will guide our steps as we seek to serve and follow. We pray, God, that you will be with us and help us to hear your call in the midst of the noise and give us the strength to come running. God, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. Be with us in Christ's name. Amen.